Hey, what is going on, people? Welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. Before we get to the subject matter at hand, and you know we're going to do the normal show, but we're going to, the subject today is on your dark days, or your darkest days, who are you? Who is Doc on his darkest days? But before I get to that, I have to address something. It takes a, t- a lot of time and energy to make a podcast episode. I don't just shoot off the top of my head talking shit about stuff that I do not know for no apparent reason. So that means I put preparation, I put time, energy, and effort. And one of you cowards, somebody out there who is a complete and utter coward, who can't handle confrontation because I leave this airways open for anybody to be able to call in and debate with me if that's what they choose to do. There's a comment section on YouTube where you can tell me if you felt that I was off base about something. But to cry to YouTube, to have them delete a video where I have to go back in and edit out something that you didn't like a line from, is cowardice. I don't know how you were raised. I don't know how weak you really are at your core that you can handle hearing somebody who has a different opinion on the subject matter than you may have. And that's not an adult way to handle it. Uh, actually, you're not even welcome to be here anymore. I don't give a fuck who you are, who you think you are to me. Don't listen to Strange Talk with Doc. Listen to somebody who will placate you. Listen to somebody who will feed your needs, who will babysit you and hold your fucking hand, child, as you walk across the street called life because you cannot handle hearing something that might go against a viewpoint that you have and you're not man nor woman enough to actually debate one-on-one and try to correct me where I'm wrong when I ask my viewers all the time that if I'm off base to please correct me and I will see how that fits in my lifestyle. So you cannot accuse me of having a closed door. You have a closed mind and I am now closed-minded to you because you wasted my time, you wasted my energy, you made me almost throw away an episode that could have been very helpful because I had a lot of things positive to say on that episode, but I have nothing positive to say about you. Like I said, you need to grow up here, you need to grow up and understand that everything ain't about your viewpoints, everything ain't about how you want to hear things. If things go against a certain thing in your lifestyle, take a look at it. Maybe you could be 100% right, then educate us. And you may be 100% wrong, and then you just need to shut the fuck up. Live and let live. But as I said, uh, don't let the door hit you on your ass as you leave the strange talk with Doc Universe. Thank you very much, and have a great day. So we're going to talk now about on your darkest days. Who are you? See, a dark day is not going to be the same for everybody. A dark day for some people is going to be a diagnosis. A dark day for another person is going to be losing a job. A dark day for another person is going to be losing a loved one. Dark days for some people is losing employment, place to stay. Now, most of these are dark days for everybody. But we can I cannot measure somebody's feelings on what is considered a real dog day. A dog day might be you reusing drugs, relapsing. So there are many things. The day of your divorce, the day that you had to move out of your home from your children. There are a lot of dog days. Um, 
But dark days are just the same as money. When people get a lot of money, it reveals who they really are. It brings out the true self. So some people who have always been sweet and kind become mean and nasty and angry when they get money. Dog days can do the same. It also could take a person who has always been cold-hearted on the outside. It was just a show. All of a sudden, they become soft-hearted, kind, sweet, caring, because they now feel the vulnerability. So dark days don't affect us all the same, but it will reveal some truths about you. You know, as iron sharpens iron, so should a friend sharpen a friend. And in a dark day, if you have a friend, let that friend sharpen you. If you have a true friend, not a person who's going to use your darkness against you at a later date, take their strength against your weakness and be able to manipulate or play over you in some way. You got to be truly honest with yourself about who you are in your dark days, right? Because you might have a range of emotions that attack you, anger, sadness, confusion. You might want to throw a pity party. Some people remain totally calm. They have the idea and the, and the mantra of it is what it is. And I kind of fall into that category. Some people say this too will pass. Some people rely on their faith. Some people pray. Some people cry. Some people have fits of emotion, fear, acceptance. Some people let their inner light shine. They maintain where you can lose your whole value systems during dark days. Your moral and ethics can be thrown out of the window. A lot of people reach out. Some people withdraw. A lot of people go through the why me syndrome. And then there are people on this earth who face it head on. You have to figure out. See, this is all rhetorical. I don't need an answer from anybody about any of these, but I am trying to put a bug in your ear to make sure because we're all going to face dark days and you have to come to some kind of realization. What kind of person are you going to actually be when that dark day appears? This way you can prepare yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually so that you can give the best that you can and not give your family the worst of you. Because some of these things are positives that I mentioned, and some of these things are truly, truly negative. I mean, you could a person on a dark day who has a bad diagnosis might go to the YOLO syndrome. I forgot that one, and just say you only live once and throw everything out the fucking window. I mean, destroy lives as they go upon because they feel vengeful. They feel they feel like the world owes them something. Like I said, I am one of those people. It is what it is. I look at everything from a whole perspective and say to myself, perspective, and say to myself, what did I do to get myself in the position that I am in today? Was it my fault or was this circumstances I could not control? If it's circumstances I cannot control, I'm not even going to sweat it too much because it's meant for me. Now, if it's partly my fault or mostly my fault, more than likely, situations I get in are going to be mostly my fault. I'm just a realist. 
then I had to think about what could I have done different. But I can't live in the past of trying to change something that's already occurred. I now have to deal with the consequences of the things that I am dealing with today. Because we're all dealing with something today. It might not be darkness, but it might be something that might be leading to darker days. So we have time while we have time. We have time while we have time to make some corrections to fix these things. I'm hoping that in your darkest day that you will have some of the positive things, that you will let your inner light shine, that you will have faith, that you won't be confused, that you will be able to attack things head on, that you will be able to face reality, that you will live in reality and not in a fantasy of miracles. Sometimes we're not going to have a miracle. Some people are going to have great miracles and God bless them, but everybody doesn't fall under the miracle category. Some people are going to have to deal with what they deal with as it comes and they're just going to have to hope that they come out on the other end stronger than they ever did. That iron sharpens iron. Sometimes you have to be the own iron sharpening yourself. So just take that into consideration. I thank you for listening to me. And we're going to go on to the regular portion of the show right now. So we lost this week Gangster Paradise rapper Coolio. He was 59 years old. I mean, I think that this was one of the greatest movie songs. It's a iconic classic rap song. And if they were giving out Oscars in that day to rappers, Coolio would have been at least nominated for an Oscar for this song. Coolio was more famous as a one-hit wonder. He might have had many other hits, but I really don't know them. But I'm not mad at Coolio. I, I hope that he rests in peace. The wrestling world lost a wrestling legend, Antonio Inoki. Uh, he is, uh, I believe he was from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, he's a big shot. People from the 70s remember him from that fiasco with Muhammad Ali where he laid on his back and just tried to kick Ali in the legs for the longest. He's like one of the fathers of strong style wrestling. Uh, you know what strong style wrestling is if you're a fan. Hurricane Ian killed over 174 people, and it was a massive, no, I'm sorry, Hurricane Ian killed like 50-something people, and I think they're still looking for bodies. I hope that these people were found. Uh, at least they could be laid to rest by their families. Nobody should have a lost loved one that they can't even give some kind of memorial to. I feel bad for those families, but everybody should have got the hell out of there when they heard what was going to happen. Now, the 174 people died after some stampede at a soccer match in Indonesia. Now, I have something to say about that. And I hope that you listen to me carefully and don't misconstrue my words. As sports fan, and I am a sports fan, you buy that ticket, you have three or four obligations when you buy that ticket and show up at an event. And they're quite simple. Sit in your seat. Two, stand and cheer if you like. Three, stand and boo if you like. Four, celebrate with the people right around you. There is no five that says ever enter the field of play. I don't give a damn how the game ends, how fantastic, how much of a miracle goal, home run, or touchdown was scored. You did not participate in that game. You do not belong on the playing field. 
The ticket does not give you the right to be there. And we need to stop this shit worldwide where these, not only these athletes who were there to entertain or in harm's way, where we could have incidents like this where 174 people die because people are entering the field of play, which they have no business to do. That field of play, no matter if it's a basketball court, a pitch, a, a baseball, soccer, UFC arena, that is for the people who deserved and earned the right to be on those things. Not for Joe Blow who spent 150 200 I don't give a damn, $1,000 a ticket. You don't have the right to be in the field of play unless you're in uniform. Okay? I found out today, and I, this is on me, and I'm not going to say his name or anything. I found out that a brother that I grew up with passed away, and he passed away a couple of months ago. And I want to say rest in peace. This is between me and this is between him because I've already said my words to the Lord about him. Uh, I need to do better at keeping in contact with some of the people that I grew up with, especially people that I've never had any beef with, especially people that I've never had any issues with. I'm one of those people out of sight, out of mind type people. And I'm finding out that that's not a good way to actually go about life. It's, it's not right. Some people, just because you're not great friends, they already, they always want to know that you're fine. Even though they're not really a part of your life, they like to know that you're fine. They like to know that you're still on the planet. So when we isolate ourselves from each and every person that we possibly can, because it's a part of who we are, sometimes we have to look back on that and say, that ain't right. So Brooklyn, brother, I say rest in peace, man. And I'm. this was horrible news to hear yesterday. Uh, it really shook me a little bit. I didn't like it at all. But like I said, out of respect to your loved ones and maybe one of somebody I know will listen in. They might hear this and they, they, I don't want to disrespect anybody by actually mentioning your name, but I know who I'm talking about and that's important. So peace again, brother. So Joe Biden, President Joe Biden decides he's going to crack down on the hidden airline fees. And I say about fucking time. I mean, we should know what the full cost is before baggage fees, before change of flight fees, before cancellation fees. You know what? This way that when you shop around and if you do like I do, sometimes I pull up uh, American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, Delta Airlines, JetBlue, all at one time. And I look at them over a course of certain days and see who is going to be my best flight, who's going to be the one that I can go nonstop and pay a decent price. I'm not looking for dirt cheap because I... I'm not flying fucking spirit and I'm not flying frontier. So I'm not looking for the lowest. I'm looking for the best that I can get nonstop because I don't like that up and down shit. You might, that might be fine with you. I'm not trying to turn four hour flights into nine and a half hour flights with two and a half hour layovers. It's just not how I live. So I wish this is not just rhetoric coming from the White House. I hope that they actually do something. I've been railing on the airlines for a while now. They received billions of dollars during pandemic. So they should be able to hold their own. They should be able to maintain some dignity 
and decency towards their paying customers without all this hidden fee shit. It's bad enough you go to hotels, especially in Vegas, there's a ton of hidden fees, resort fees, and things like that. You don't need it from the airlines also. Somebody has to be able to do business stand-up style in this country. And if somebody needs to be pushed to do it by the powers that be, I'm all for it. So I've been watching some TV this week. I caught up with some TV. Law and Order. It seems like all three of the new shows have new cops. There are brand new cops on SUV, organized crime, and the original Law and Order. Anthony Anderson is no longer there, and I understand him not being there. It looks like they're going to a more physical show, Law and Order, and the two cops that they have are more physically fit to seem realistic at doing this kind of work. Anthony Anderson did not look like a dude who could chase anybody up and down a block. I mean, let's be honest about it. He just doesn't. He doesn't have a physical presence. He's not what you would consider and look at and say, okay, that's a tough guy. He looks like he could shake some shit up with a street cat. No, he does not. You're just saying that because you like him. You might like him from Blackish and you respect that. But no, he does not. So he was not a fit for this new direction for law and order so i appreciated him being gone the new big brother that's there who used to be uh on true blood i believe i believe he was on true blood i forget his name but he had a he had a food name on that show uh it's escaping me right now but his character on that show had a food name okay so the house of dragons jumped 10 years uh my problem with the House of Dragons is the most compelling character on the House of Dragons is Damon. And we do not get enough Damon, at least in the first six episodes. I did not watch episode seven last night. I never watch anything that comes out live on Sunday during NFL season because NFL takes precedence over everything and everybody. At least it does to me. But I wish there was more Damon. We jumped 10 years ahead. Uh Renee has kids. Allison has more children. Uh, Sir Kristen is a piece of garbage. Lyron Strong is a real piece of garbage for what he did to his brother and his father. Uh, it seems like if you're like me, there are no good guys in the House of the Dragons. Nobody really to root for, unlike in the Game of Thrones where you had clear villains you had sometimes clear heroes and you had a lot of snakes here is just a lot of snakes there is no good guys i mean you have to, i think you would have to agree with me on that i finished up the american horror story series milkmaids was horrible i didn't even make it through that episode okay now the good ones was bloody mary lake necro and facelift I will repeat that. Bloody Mary, Lake, Necro, and Face Mask. Those are worthwhile. If you can get through Milkmaids, God bless you, but I couldn't do it. I watched uh, The Dark Side of Comedy. They had an episode on Dustin Diamond from Saved by the Bell. I thought that was a little interesting. Those Dark Side of, the Com of Comedy seem to be very short. They don't go deep into anything, but... You know what? It gave us a little backstory on Dustin Diamond, Screech. I only know him as Screech, really. I don't know a lot about him. And, I mean, it's not like I know a ton about him now, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Now, we had some shows that did return. 
The Walking Dead has returned for its final episode. Saturday Night Live returned, which I'm thinking should be really ready to get out of there. Abbott Elementary has returned. Uh, the Equalizer has returned tonight. The Good Doctor returns. Family Guy returned last week, and I was very disappointed. They did their Oscar episode, and it wasn't cutting throat like they normally do. I thought when they seen Oscar episode, I thought they were going to figure out some way to make fun of Chris Rock and Will Smith, but that wasn't what it was about. It was actually about making fun of movies that won Oscars that didn't make sense. And they, you know what, they gave me something to think about, but it's not like that hard edge family guy that I'm used to. On 928, Aaron Judge tied that 61 home run record of Roger Maris. And we are up to 10-3 and we're waiting for Mr. Aaron Judge to hit 62 and break it. But the Baltimore Orioles are being little bitches. Toronto Blue Jays are being little bitches. They have actually walked this man a tremendous amount of times, and they should have not done that, especially Baltimore, who has nothing to play for. They should just be out there playing baseball, get them out if that's what you're paid to do, or let the man do what he does. Mano y mano, you win or he wins, period, point blank. This constantly walking them shit is 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 ridiculous. But this is coming from a Yankee fan, so that's just how I feel. This weekend, we had a UFC card, and the headliner was Mackenzie Dern versus Yeon Yan. Uh, I did not watch this card. Uh, I, I seen back in hindsight that there were a lot of uh, uh, decisions. I don't really particularly like cards where you got 10 out of 13 fights that go to decision. I want to see some knockouts. I want to see some submissions. Uh, so I'm actually, this is one of the few UFC cards of the year that I did not watch. But in two weeks, on 10-15, we got Alexa Grasso versus Viriana Aruo. Jonathan Martinez is fighting Cub Swanson. Neil Magny is going up against D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez. So that should be an interesting card. This week, we had a lot of drama with the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua Tyabalosa, his concussion that he suffered against. Who the hell was he playing? He was playing the Bengals, right? You had head coach Mike McDonald give the world's worst press conference where he said, mm, hum, and, and nothing much, really. He claims to not think that Tua had a concussion from previous Sunday. He is stating that the doctors cleared him, and I believe that this independent doctor has been let go. I mean, the Dolphins have had a lot of problems. They've had, now you have the con concussion uh, controversy. You had the Brian Flores lawsuit last year. The Stephen M. Bross uh, accusations made by Brian, Brian Flores. Uh, you know what? I don't like the way the Dolphins seem to be conducting business. I don't like the way that Tua did not stand up for himself. You know what? I understand that he has not got that long-term contract. He's still trying to prove himself as a Dolphin, as a number one. But a man has got to stand up for himself. We have a fight or flight mechanism in him. He took the flight mechanism by just going along to get along. 
the fight mechanism would have said, you know what? I ain't right. I understand you want to be tough. I played football. I understand that. I understand the concept. I box. I understand the concept of wanting to be tough. But sometimes we are too tough for our own good, and other people need to step in and save us from ourselves. And I wish somebody would have saved this young man from the horror that he had to put millions of people who viewed that game Thursday in and the horror that he had to live through himself. He's a fairly newly married man, and his, this wasn't fair to his wife. I don't know if he has parents or siblings. It wasn't fair to them. It wasn't fair to his teammates. It just wasn't fair all across the board. And you know what? Shame on Mike McDaniel, because he also lied at his press conference by saying that he would never put a play in harm's way. This is the NFL. He is putting 20 guys at harm's way every time they take the field. These dudes got, and I'm not saying life and death harm's way, but I'm saying you got people who are on ankles that ain't right, wrists that are bent back and can break, shoulders that are almost out of place. This is a violent game where the lives are being put on the line on a daily basis Sunday. You got these 225 to 300 and some pound fit, fast, built, strong men banging into each other over and over again with weapons. Your helmet's a weapon. Your shoulder pads is a weapon. I mean, your stiff arm's a weapon. So no coach should ever say that he doesn't put people in harm's way. He does the best that he can to not put them in life and death peril situations, but not in harm's way. Sure, every time you play a football field, everybody on that football field is in harm's way, including the punter. So we had some NFL games this weekend. The Vikings beat the Saints 28-25. This was the London game. Will Lutz drilled the 60-yarder in the fourth quarter. Then they asked him to kick a 61-yarder as game clock was running out to tie the game. But this thing bounced off the upright, and Minnesota walked away with the victory. Uh, it, neither one of these teams are going anywhere. The Saints are. Didn't have most of their offense, no Jamie's, no Michael Thomas, no Alvin Kamara. So they were shorthanded. And for the Vikings to be in a fight with a team missing those three pieces made no sense. The Jets beat the Steelers 24 to 20. The Steelers are one and three. Mike Tomlin has probably never been in one and three. And they don't have the team, I think, to bounce back to even be a 500 ball club. Zach Wilson returned. He led a, a, a late rally. Kenny Pickett made his rookie debut because Michael Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky stunk up the joint again. So he was replaced. The Eagles beat the Jaguars 29-21. The Eagles rushed for 213 yards, and they did this against the Jaguars' number one run defense. Everybody and their mother, I was calling plays for the Eagles all afternoon yesterday. I was saying, this is where this ball is going. And 90% of the time, not to try to sound like I'm some genius, I was right. I knew they were going to run. I knew that they were going to send Jalen Hurts up the middle. And it seemed like there was no middle linebacker in the gap to stop anything. The Bills beat the Ravens yesterday, 23-20. The Bills were down by 17 points, and they came back to beat Baltimore. This has become a reoccurring theme. Baltimore had a big lead over the Dolphins. 
the offense came back and beat them. They had a big lead over the Bills. The Bills comes back and beat them. Uh, I don't understand what's going on with the secondary, secondary with the Ravens. The Ravens also have to have Harbaugh start realizing that he needs to be kicking these field goals early in the game when you have a great field goal kicker, Hall of Fame field goal kicker, use them. Every chance that you get to score a point with this team, score points. And I think Harbaugh should take some weight for this. Lamar played all right. He did the best he could, but there, there was not a lot going on. I mean, he needs help. They need to make some moves if they want to make a serious run in free agency or before the trade deadline. The Falcons beat the Browns 23-20. to D. Alfred intercepting Jacoby Brissett's pass with less than a minute remaining to close this game out. Uh, I thought the Browns are not looking very well. Uh, the Browns should be able to beat teams like the Falcons, but the Falcons are gutty. I mean, I, I got to say that. Mariota's not going to put up any great – Marcus Mariota's not going to put up any great numbers. That's not what he's going to do with this team. His job is to not make a lot of mistakes, just to guide the offense, let his defense play, and see what happens because they have a fairly good kicker themselves. So if they're in close games, Young Way, which is, looks like Young Ho, Young Way, can kick. You, you got to give him credit for that. The Titans beat the Colts 24-17. Derrick Henry rushed for a season-high 114 yards and a touchdown. The Giants beat the Bears 20-12. to Nothing was going on with either quarterback, but Saquon Barkley did rush 31 times for 150. 146 yards. Saquon Barkley seems to be back in the form that he had when he was a rookie. So that's a danger to any team that plays the Giants. If they have nothing else going, they have Saquon and he can catch the ball coming out the backfield. So he keeps it. He will make sure that the Giants at least win five to seven games this season if he stays healthy. The Chargers beat the Texans 34-24. Austin Eckler had three touchdowns, two running and one catching. And you know what? The Texans do the best they can, but they're not a very good team. And in the most ridiculous game of Sunday, the Seahawks beat the Lions 48-45. to Geno Smith, Rashad Penny, and D.K. Metcalf all had big games. And what I mean by that is Geno threw for over 300 Rashad ran for over 150, and DK, I believe, had over 140 yards receptions. Uh, the Lions' offense is shockingly good. They can seem to score at will, but their defense is devastatingly bad. No, they can't stop anybody. I mean, they gave up 20-some points to the commanders. They gave up, uh, wow. 30-something points to the Eagles. Now they give up 48 to the Seahawks. I mean, I think the teams are averaging something like 33 to 35 points a game against them. I mean, what are they, a college football team? Dan Campbell, you got to fix that defense, man. You and Aaron Glenn got to fix that defense because this is not an offensive problem. I mean, what do you do? You need to score 60 points to win a football game? Makes no sense. The Cardinals beat the Panthers 26-16. 
Kyler Murray threw for 270 yards and two touchdowns and then ran for another one. This was one of those gut games. They had to gut it out. They really need to sh- – uh, they need Hop, D-Hop to come back badly. I mean, they have Ernst. They have uh, Connor in the backfield, but they really need a threatening wide receiver to help this offense out. And maybe Colomary will have those Colomary-type games that we're used to. The Raiders beat the Broncos 32-23. to This was the first victory for Josh McDaniels as the head coach. The first victory for the Las Vegas Raiders of the season. And it came against a division rival, the Denver Broncos. So this was a quality win. We'll see where they go from there. Uh, they have good running backs. They have good wide receivers. They have a decent quarterback in Derek Carr. And maybe this will straighten them out going forward. Don't know. I mean, they even have a pretty good defense. you got Crosby and you got uh, Chandler Jones, who should be putting pressure on the quarterback. We'll see if this straightens the Raiders out or they will continue to be an also ran. The Packers beat the Patriots in overtime 27-24 on a 31-yard field goal by Mason Crosby. The Packers did not look great. Aaron Rodgers did not look great. Well, there were times, I have to take that back, there were times when Aaron Rodgers was threading the needle and you go, damn, he is pretty special flinging that football. And then there was other times you go, man, they just don't seem like they're gelling. But Lazar had a better game than he's usually had, and they face the Giants next week, and we'll see where it goes from here. The Chiefs beat the Bucks. Mahomes threw for three touchdowns. Brady had a gordy number game, but he lost to another quality team. And tonight on Monday Night Football, you got the 49ers versus the Rams. They go into L.A. to play the Rams. I don't believe in Garofalo, but I don't really believe in uh, Stafford. But Stafford the Cup and maybe with the defense, I'm going to have to say the Rams win this game. Now, Thursday, we got the Indianapolis Colts versus the Denver Broncos. I don't believe in Denver. I don't. Russell does not have it together. So I'm going to take Indianapolis on the road. And then Sunday morning, we have another early game from London. The New York Giants are playing the Green Bay Packers in London. So when you wake up 9.30 in the morning, if you're up that time, 6.30 on the, on the West Coast, there will be a professional football game being played. Now, Pittsburgh is going into Buffalo. Buffalo desperately needs this game. Buffalo cannot lose to Pittsburgh. This is a must-win game for Buffalo. You got the Chargers going into Cleveland. Oh, man. If Herbert is healthy, I'm going to take the Chargers on the road versus Cleveland. You got the Bears going into Minnesota. Minnesota is just a better team. Justin Fields is not very good right now. Detroit is playing New England. Detroit's offense is on the ball, but New England has a pretty good defense. They held down Rodgers. Maybe they can hold down Gall. I'm going to say New England pulls this out at home, especially if Matt Jones returns. Seattle is going into New Orleans. I think New Orleans gets their shit together, and they beat Seattle. Miami is playing the Jets in New York. I'm taking the Dolphins. Atlanta is going into Tampa Bay. This is a must win for Tampa. Tampa wins. Tennessee is playing Washington. I'm going with Titans to win this game. I think 
Washington Commanders are going to suck all year. I don't think they have anything with wins. The Texans are playing Jackson, but I think Jacksonville bounces back from that horrible four fumble game that this kid had. The quarterback for Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, he he was just horrible. He every chance that he got, I know it was a little rainy in Jackson or Jacksonville yesterday, but he fumbled the ball four times. He had another chance to lead a drive late in the game, but once again, he fumbled. So I say Jacksonville wins. San Francisco was playing Carolina. I'm taking San Francisco to win this game, and my Cowboys go in to play the Rams. Now, this is a funny one. Can Cooper Cup win four in a row against that Rams defense? I'm going to say I'm going with the upset, and I'm taking Dallas. The Eagles are going into Phoenix to play or Arizona to play the Cardinals. I think the Eagles stay undefeated one more week. And you got the Bengals Sunday night versus the Ravens. I think the Ravens have to bounce back. If not, this season is over. That team's going to implode. So I'm going to take the Ravens to beat the Bengals. And then next Monday night, you got the Raiders going into KC. I don't see the Raiders having the offense to beat KC, so I'm going to take the Chiefs. Let's go back for a second before we got out of here. On those dark, dark days, who are you? Do you straight stay true to yourself or do you change and flip shit out and become something that you not normally are? You know, uh, do you let your emotions run rapid? What do you do? Or are you strong in your commitments, your desires and your goals to be yourself every day, all day, no matter the situation and circumstances? That's a hard one because it's more than emotions involved. There's outside forces on your dog days. There are other things in play. And the only thing I say that you can do is make sure that you strengthen yourself to prepare yourself for dog days because we're all going to have them. And I'm going to tell you, like I tell you each and every time, people, peace to you and peace to yours.